Hello there, and welcome to another episode of The Walk. I am Father Roderick, and I'm walking in London. To be more precise, I am actually on the premises of the Excel Celebration Convention Center, where I am here for the Star Wars Celebration. And earlier today, I recorded a special episode of The Break, where I give people a tour of the entire building and everything uh, that you can experience here. For the walk, I really wanted to go outside and, and to actually go for a walk after another intense day here at the celebration where, um, frankly, it's, it's wonderful. I love being here. I love all the encounters, but it's also extremely exhausting because you're constantly on. And even if I'm trying to take a break or just sit down and have lunch and drink a cup of coffee, people walk up to me, are you Father Roderick? I watch your videos. And, and of course you cannot say, well, hey, I'm taking a break now. Please come back in an hour. You want to engage people. And so um, it's now around 4.50 and I am pretty exhausted. And I'm trying to kind of make a transition for myself to um, another very important event these days, and that is Easter. So in a couple of hours, I will be joining the uh, parish of St. Peter's. I'm not sure if it's one parish or it's just a church that's called St. Peter's um, with uh, Father Edward, who is um, a Polish missionary who works there and a fellow priest from Poland as well. And they have very graciously invited me to, uh, to join them for the celebrations of the Easter Tridium. Very, very welcoming. I was there kind of unannounced because originally I thought that I would be staying much closer to the city center of London and I had planned on going to the cathedral. Last week I was here as well, as you may remember from that uh, very bad quality, at least bad sound quality podcast that I recorded at uh, the Borough Fair. Um, I I, I'd, I'd gone to the cathedral and I'd bumped into an Irish parishioner there who told me that it was just an amazing um, event. And Easter, you know, the cathedral is packed. And he said, you have to concentrate. I will introduce you to the cardinal. No problem. So I kind of uh, held on to that as an idea. But now that I see how far I am from, even from the Excel Center, it takes me more than an hour sometimes by public transport to get here. Uh, let alone traveling downtown, which is like doubling the amount of time it would take. Easter, Easter Vigil, of course, is, is one of the longest liturgies, maybe the longest liturgy in the Catholic Church. It, it easily takes up two and a half hours, three hours, if you're lucky, or <laughs> depending on how much you appreciate that kind of time in church. But um, I... Uh, uh, I figured I'd better join the local parish. So, But I hadn't planned anything, hadn't uh, informed them, but they were so welcoming. So I was there for Holy uh, Thursday, and, uh, and I said, please, join us. So that's what I'm going to do later today. And I feel like this is such a strange, strange week where, yes, I'm here for the Star Wars celebration, but I'm also here to to celebrate Easter and Holy Week. And for me, both both events you could say both uh, experiences are important because it helps me to step into a new world to, to gather new impressions and new ideas and for a priest like me it's pretty rare to experience uh, the church in other locations because especially during times like these like Easter we're always in our own parishes and we tend to become or at least there is the risk that we become a bit myopic that we kind of getting are getting used to the way we do things and for me being in this particular local parish church was so enriching and I'm already looking forward to the Easter vigil because this is a super engaged community uh, it is on the kind of on the border of the city um, in a m much poorer uh, diverser neighborhood than the type of church you would see downtown in the center of London which means that about 80% of the parishioners is from a migrant background. Uh, I, I would say more than half of the people are from the African continent, various countries. There were people from Poland, uh, East, Eastern European people that are working here in, in the UK. Um, we had, uh, there was actually this Asian woman 
I forgot to, maybe she was from the Philippines, I, I wasn't sure. She was actually the one who introduced me to the pastor, super kind. And in the liturgy itself, even though with this Polish pastor, it's, it's a really, you could say, well, traditional, but in a good way. I mean, there are no surprises. This is not like, okay, here we do things differently. Uh, no, it's, it's very common liturgy, but the choir is, is multicultural. They sing, the, 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 the way they even sing, like the, I was looking from the, from the altar to the, the, the choir up above, and, and these ladies from Africa, they, they were just like moving back and forth and singing, and then there was a, a guy who was playing the, the drums uh, in, in, in combination with a regular old-fashioned organ. But the whole thing just worked. And, and uh, another thing that really impressed me, and it will be the same tonight, was the incredible amount of acolytes and uh, altar boys and girls, um, all extremely well trained. There was this older uh, gentleman uh, from London, and I mean, he was, he was a bit of a comedian. He was like the prototypical kind of grumpy uh, Londoner, um, it's because I, I complimented him on, on the acolytes and he's like, well, yeah, one day they'll be the death of me. <laughs> so he's always like playing that he was like annoyed and grumpy, but on, you could tell everybody loved him. And, uh, and he was, he's a master of ceremonies. And I know this function from cathedral liturgy, you know, in the Vatican you have a master of ceremonies. But I have I personally... I, I have no experience with th this kind of function in, in my own country, in parishes, but now that I've seen how well that works, to have someone who knows what is going to happen and who can kind of be in the background guiding uh, the ceremony and guiding the, both me as a, as an, um, a concelebrant and, and uh, the lectors and the kids and everything, um, it just makes it so much more relaxed because you know that you can't go wrong and you will always be there to tell you what to do um, and to make sure that for the people that are in church everything is just very smooth and and uh, there, nothing goes wrong um, and especially in this tritium this easter tritium that's even more valuable because the liturgy is complicated the easter vigil as you know starts with a ceremony outside we're all around a fire and then we light the easter candle and that one is in procession in the dark we bring that into the church everybody lights the candles and then you've got a ton of biblical readings all kind of pointing to the the gospel of the resurrection and all that is very different you get a renewal of your of your faith uh, like a solemn renewal of, of the promises that your parents made when you were baptized as a child or maybe you made yourself when you were baptized as an adult and so uh, to have a master of ceremonies for all these kind of not common liturgies is a total blessing let me describe you what I'm actually seeing because I'm talking to you but I'm surrounded I'm actually here there's a nice breeze um, it's been wonderful weather it's not warm uh, but it's not cold either. There are clouds, but there's also sunshine and blue sky. Um, this is great weather to be outside. Uh, in, on the inside, if you listen to the break this week that I recorded inside, there's just a huge crowd. It's very overwhelming. Here, it's much more kind of fresh air, and people are sitting here and talking to each other and kind of um, connecting because the... the the encounters are, I think, for a lot of us Star Wars fans, one of the major reasons that we come to these events. I personally couldn't care less for the merchandise and all that. Um, I am, of course, interested in Star Wars news, but there's nothing here that you can't gather online. But what you cannot replicate online is just meeting people face to face. And I, I, I wanted to talk about this kind of conversion that I had during these, these days. And it taught me also something about about church and about faith and it is um, it's literally the, your the choices that you make on what you want to focus on can totally alter your your experience your perception of uh, of anything you partake in so for me uh, the first day I was stressed I was very 
um, full of adrenaline. I felt like I had to make my marks. There was so much I wanted to film. There were a lot of experiences that I wanted to have. And the, the problem was, I'm, I'm walking outside now. I'm following the, the visitors through this corridor. And then I'm going to go down the steps, try to find a bus that will bring me to the hotel. So I have, uh, you know, an hour or two to decompress and to kind of switch gears from Star Wars to the Easter celebrations. Um, that alone is already a change in my mindset. So yesterday I, I was on my feet for seven hours, watching all the panels as much as I could, could do, trying to take selfies and photos and film whatever I could. And it left me exhausted. I had a raging headache when I came home. I was dehydrated, didn't eat anything. And I knew what was happening. I was actually again just stepping into the kind of my old mode of doing things, just forgetting about any self-care and just run, run, run. And then I would be wiped out. Today I wanted to do this differently, specifically because this is the Easter weekend. I did not want to enter the Easter celebrations exhausted and stressed out and tired and hungry and with a headache and so this morning I just took it easy and I decided you know what is the true reason that I'm here it's it's not the Star Wars information is not the the panels it's not even the work you know filming and making vlogs and, and editing what is going to be uh, the lasting value of this event is the memories and the memories are made out of encounters that is what you remember most is when when you meet other people and you talk with them and you get to know a little bit about their background and so I decided this morning that's what I'm going to focus on the encounters the friendships the relationships that I forge here will last much longer than let's say the value of the news uh, or the photos that you can take because you know there will always be new photos that you can take um, before I continue let me just briefly check my phone and see the best way to get home I, I really love Google for this uh, because they will tell you which train to take and buses because there are many different options but yesterday unfortunately I got into a traffic jam and uh, it was quite a disaster to get back to the hotel it took me more than two and a half hours but now I know that I have to avoid that particular uh, itinerary and instead I'll probably just take the, um, the train and then a bus. Yeah, so I can take the DLR, uh, which leaves now, so that I'm not gonna make that. There's one in 10 minutes from now. Oh, then I have to take the train, that's not handy. Yeah, that one's not possible. Ooh, there's one with train and underground. You know what, I'll just take Hmm. I'll just wait about half an hour. That will still be good. Yeah, I'll just take the DLR first and then the bus 173. That is actually the best, the best uh, way to go there. Um, yeah, that's another thing. Instead of stressing out, of, you know, running after just getting there right in time for the train, I decided to uh, just take it easy. I'll take whatever I can. I can get so DLR. Is it all both both directions? Both directions are on your left. Okay, very good. Okay, I gotta go east eastbound, so I'll just go there. But I'm just uh, you know taking the next possible option instead of just running uh, for my life. And of course, I'm not the only person who now wants to head back. There are lots of families, especially there are kids here that needs to go back home and get some food and, and sleep. So uh, it's very crowded. And I'll just check in with my bank pass, which is super convenient. You don't even have to have a special card like we do in the Netherlands. You could just use your bank card. <coughs> and I'll step on the next available uh, DLR that goes east. And in the meantime, we'll just chat. I see, I see a lot of happy faces today. Uh, uh, of course, everyone is also a bit tired, but hopefully they've been able to, to get something out of this day. 
You hear a lot of different accents, obviously. There were Americans here that came all the way from the United States, but also, of course, much more than last year, uh, people from Europe. Um, tons and tons of people from Germany and France. Okay, so three and four is DLR, so both go, and they go in both directions. Um, but just to make that decision to take it easy and to focus on the, what, what truly is the heart of, of, of what, what makes the best memories, and that's the encounters. Um, and I also made sure that I, that I um, how do you say that? Uh, that I, ah, there's a word for that, that I documented these encounters. So every time I spoke with someone at the end, I was like, can I make a, can I make a selfie? Can you tag me in the photo? So I can get it, take, you know, keep in touch with people even uh, after uh, we, we part ways. So here I got to take platform three, the train to Beckton. Yeah, so Beckton Station is to the east, if I'm correct. And then at Beckton I will change, I will take the bus. And hopefully um, I won't have to wait an hour like I had to yesterday. There are quite a few people actually going eastward. Most of the fans are staying in hotels uh, to the west of this Excel Center. Um, but you obviously pay for what you get. Um, a lot of the hotels downtown during this Easter weekend are extremely expensive. Whereas uh, I'm, I'm in a very low budget hotel. It's a fine hotel. It's better than the hotel I had last week. Um, but I think I pay like 60 pounds per night, which is quite a bargain uh, for, for the Easter weekend. Um, and I was able to book five nights. So it, it's, it's a nice home base where I can just stay for a couple of days and uh, I don't have to pack my bags every time, which is kind of nice. Um, I have to say that my experience today was completely different and it was liberating, not having to accomplish stuff, but to just let the day take me wherever it wanted me to go. And also to feel the freedom of just saying, well, it's four o'clock now, you know what? I'm gonna head home, gonna take, take, make a cup of tea. That's something I've really learned here in, in this, these past week and a half, is to take time for a cup of tea. That may sound cliche, but, and I've never been a tea drinking person, but there is something to the whole telling yourself, I am going to take the time to make myself a cup of tea. It means- <laughs> okay, it doesn't mean anything about trains, but taking the time to take a cup of tea means you tell yourself that it's time to take a break. I think I'm lucky because this one goes to Beckton, which is where I need to go. And I thought uh, probably this one was delayed a couple of minutes, but the, this, is, this is nice. I don't have to wait. <laughs> All right. There's a lot of atmospheric sound. What I like to do is to sit in the front of the train. You cannot do that in the Netherlands because the, the conductor is always here in the center, but if we're in the front, but from here, I've got a nice view. I can actually watch the tracks and there's something uh, of the child in me that loves to do this. As a child, I had a, a model train, but I always imagined, what if I could shrink myself to the size of this model train and drive it? I've only been able to do that um, in, whoa, this, these tracks are bouncing us around quite a bit. <laughs> but um, I've been only able to, do, to have that experience in, in video games where you could actually be, be in the, on the train. Um, but here in both with regards to buses, like the double-decker buses, uh, you can sit on the upper floor, you can sit in front and you have this massive view of the, 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 the country around you, uh, which I never experienced and it's lovely. And with this train too, there's just this window in front of me and it is as if we're actually driving the train.
this morning um, on the seat next to me on the right, um, there was a Twi'lek uh, cosplayer. And Twi'leks are aliens in Star Wars with two huge protrusions from the back of their head. And this girl had made uh, a green a green head piece. Um, the sun was shining and it just gave this amazing... It was just this amazing picture. And that was when I knew it was going to be a good day. <laughs> because... Um, my, my head was open enough to, to perceive the beauty of that particular image and uh, whereas yesterday I, I couldn't focus on taking pictures, I took very few photos because I was constantly stressed and you know what, this, this taught me something about uh, church life and my life is, it almost feels like a roller coaster here, like we're being like a, the, the train is shaking back and forth. We're going downhill now. It's almost as there could be a looping any time now. <laughs> it's a little bit weird to not see a conductor. I wonder how this train actually. <laughs> who drives this train? <laughs> That's pretty cool. So, um, in church life, also, there is always the risk that we focus on the stuff that we do. You know, on the activities, on the even liturgy can become something um, that is that is uh, a performance. Literally, you have to perform, you have to do stuff, and we forget that the core of of Christianity and of the church that Jesus founded is community. The heart of liturgy is not the songs, it's not the rituals, it's not all the you know the bowing and the kneeling and the standing. It's the encounter. It's, it's being, coming together, literally. And the heart of that encounter is communion, which is literally that which gives us a, a, a common identity. It's what binds us to one another and, and what connects us to Christ. So this communion, if that's the summit of our liturgy, then the rest of our, of our church life should be focused on that priority as well. And it often is not. We tend to focus on, on the theology, on the intellectual part of being uh, a Christian. Uh, where we have to learn, we have to uh, teach people. And it's, it's important, and it's not to be neglected. But ultimately, understanding your faith is understanding what it's all about. And that is this communion with God and with one another. And if there is one core... Um, aspect of the resurrection and of Easter it's what Jesus tells his followers that if you hold on to me, if you stay in communion with me this life that I received on the morning of Easter will be your eternal life as well and Jesus himself links that to the Eucharist by saying if you eat my flesh and drink my blood you will have eternal life in you. You will live, live even though, even if you have to die. And it's this promise that makes Easter still relevant. Otherwise, it would just be this kind of magical event that happened to some superhero in the past. But no relevance for us today, other than ah, it's a nice, it's a nice mythological story, a nice fairy tale. But it's in faith. Easter is the foundation, and I think it's Saint Paul who who writes in one of his letters if. Christ wasn't risen from the dead, our faith would be in vain. It would serve no purpose. Because eternal life is either real or it's it's useless. You know, if it's just a fairy tale, why bother? Um, but that that connection between the Eucharist and, and Easter and the resurrection, knowing that uh, Jesus who gives his life is also what gives me life, is, is the foundation of this connection that goes beyond just the here and now. In my other podcast, I talked about some of the interesting analogies between what you see happening at a convention like this and what you see happening in the life of the church, which is that people always try to find um, something tangible that will uh, extend the experience. This is why Star Wars fans will sometimes uh, pay hundreds of of dollars or pounds to get an autograph it's why they want to be here in real life and see their act famous act their favorite actors and directors in the flesh because they know that it's 
has a superior value to just observing it behind your computer screen. Uh, I, I interviewed a guy who was having a tattoo, who was getting a tattoo at the Star Wars celebration, and I, I'm, I'm, I've never really understood the appeal of of a tattoo. But he said this tattoo represents, you know, part of my life. Star Wars. I was uh, making a fan film and. I've been doing that with friends for two years, and he said it's such an important moment in my life. And then he also had the tattoo artist put the names of his wife and his child on his arm, which I th I thought was wonderful because it shows that he got the tattoo to, in a certain way, eternalize his connection with his friends, with his Star Wars friends, and with his family. And of course, a tattoo. Is not everlasting, and over time the the ink will fade away, the skin will get wrinkly, and over and, and at one point in life you will just die, and the tattoo that will be the end of the tattoo. But I think it, it expresses a desire that we have to hold on to friendship and communion for preferably for eternity, and that's what the Feast of Easter is about. It's about this extension of our communion with Christ and with one another beyond even the frontier of death, which no other story promises. And and that is what makes, I think, the faith in the resurrection so different from any other type of mythology, including Star Wars, which is very special to people, but it's still kind of an in-between story, I would say. It's a story that points us to the story, uh, which is a story that God tells himself and in which we are players and participants and instead of just mere fiction that story is true the story itself is the reality that we enter whenever we whenever we express our faith whenever we celebrate mass and celebrate Easter and so there are many many um, ways in which my experience at the Star Wars celebration joins my experience of faith but being able to live this particular Easter week here in London in a, in, a, in a context that I would never choose myself if it hadn't been for Star Wars is, is super enriching and especially um, seeing how vibrant faith is here in, in, in the parish and, and, and that's not just this particular parish but also in the cathedral judging from the stories that this other parishioner told me in my country we have a lot to rediscover when it comes to to faith and what it means to be church and I think one of the one of the issues that we struggle with is that we are uh, that we are in a, in, in a time of change uh, the world is changing not everybody is um, a cradle Catholic anymore or a cradle Protestant um, and so it comes down to you know what is truly oh we're already at Beckton I have to get out here and, and catch the bus this is one of the dangers of podcasting on, on the train is I lose track of where I am but I recognize actually the station I see the buses in the background in the, in the distance so I'm getting off here and then I need to get bus 173 So, uh, the risk is that in a time of transition and change, where as a church you have to redefine yourself to a certain extent, is that we redefine us based on what is not important. Well, on what is not the core, the heart. I need to remember to check out. I hope I checked out this morning, by the way. I don't recall I did. Okay, I checked out here. We'll see. We'll see what the damage is when I get back home. Um, so the oh my gosh is that my 173 there in the distance am I going to miss it okay I was not going to run last time I missed this bus it took an hour for the next one to arrive <laughs> I have to cross the road here no yeah it's 173 of course it is okay I'm going to run I need to train anyway so I don't dare to cross the roads here because the traffic is from the left and it's, um, I'm not used to that, so I don't want to get myself killed. All right, let's cross now. Let's look left. Yeah, I can still make it. 
and then we'll run here and probably the bus will leave like the moment I arrive. Um, not to worry. Okay, I can cross here. Now I'm gonna wave at the bus driver and see if he sees me. Let's see if we don't get run over by buses here. Oh no, it's bus, yeah, it's 300. I need to have 300. That one also goes to, to uh, where I need to be, I think. Canning Town. Uh, Canning Town. 300. Does that go to, does it go to back D Dagham? No, it doesn't. No, I need to have 173. Okay, I run for nothing. Anyway, <laughs> people are so helpful. This is Stratford, that's not going to Dagenham either. So I'll just wait, okay. So yesterday I was here waiting for more than an hour for the next bus to arrive. Thankfully there's a supermarket there. So I quickly jumped in and got myself something to drink because I was so dehydrated. Again, I make so, so many of these bad choices almost automatically and I had to deliberately choose to focus on some self-care <laughs> and, uh, and it's been worth it. I still am of course tired but not as exhausted as I was yesterday and hopefully with a short pause I can uh, gather some new energy. This is 104, 101. All these buses are going to different areas. Uh, what was I saying? Yeah, with a, with a short break, I will, I'll have uh, I'll have the energy I need for uh, for the long Easter vigil. So, but we tend to focus on uh, uh, on anything but the communion aspect of being a church. Whereas I believe that that is the most appealing aspect of being a Catholic. It's this being part of this worldwide church where everybody's your friend. And I've experienced that too today, several times when I got into contact with Catholic Star Wars fans and who know me as the Star Wars priest. And a number of them explicitly thanked me for being, to a certain extent, their pastor as a priest who speaks their language and is just as passionate about Star Wars as he is about faith. And uh, you'd be surprised how many people are like that. It's, it's, we tend to, to, to think in either or. Either you're a Star Wars fan and a geek and you're at the Star Wars convention or you're a Catholic and you should be in church these, these days. But there were quite a few people that came up to me and said, hey, we love it that you are our pastor and this, this community needs uh, a shepherd. And, and, and I, of course, I'm not the only one, but uh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a connection, I think, that we are, in a, I'm, I wouldn't say responsible for, but if, if I'm not doing this, if I don't, I, if I don't make myself available to these geeks, uh, then who will, you know? And, um, and it's also, I never know what my work really means to people. And it's in times like this that I get a little bit of a glimpse of, of, of how my work has been affecting people in their walk of faith and their walk of life. And, and oftentimes it's not even because I do certain things or something I said or this particular video. It's what people tell me uh, often these days is we just like it that you are next to us, that you are walking with us. And even fans that tell me I'm agnostic, but I do like it when you talk as a priest. And then I'm like, I was a bit taken away. What do you mean? Well, you you say, you, you you say things that nobody says and it touches us and makes us want to change our lives. Again, this was someone who is not at all a Christian. Um, and I'm thinking, well, maybe at times that is what happens. And it's, it's not because I'm Father Roderick or, you know, or Roderick, the Star Wars fan. It's because I'm a priest. And as a priest, if I open myself to the grace that is given in the ordination, it's not a magical thing, of course. It's not because I'm a priest that I, everything I say is important or, you know, <laughs> it's changing lives. Uh, I would say, quite on the contrary, I'm 
more often in the way of the Holy Spirit than I am giving room to the Holy Spirit. But it does happen. And there are times that people, uh, that people feel that it's not me who's trying to reach them, but it's God. And, and it always touches me when people confide in me in that, uh, how they feel about that. Because I'm thinking it must be hard if you are not a Catholic and maybe you grow, you live and you grew up in an environment that was actually hostile towards faith and church, to admit that to me and to, to, to tell me, hey, you know, keep doing what you do. Uh, I, I like what you say. And then I ask, well, do you mean like being joyful and being positive and optimistic about Star Wars? No, no, no. It's when you talk as a priest. Wow, that is, that is impressive. And it makes me grateful to be able to do this. These moments are precious because you don't always, um, you're not always part of the team that uh, does the harvesting. Uh, especially in, in our times when it's pretty difficult to work in the church and the church has many challenges. Uh, and, and there's still so much work to be done internally, let alone you know, in our missionary uh, efforts. It's sometimes hard to stay positive and to believe that all this sowing and this investing is ultimately going to lead to a harvest. And it's on days like these that I actually do experience that. I have to, this is my bus, 173. It's a double-decker. So I'm, of course, super excited about that. I'm going to sit upstairs because because I can. <laughs> Logging in here again. Good evening. And then we take the stairs, which is so wild. Oh yes, and there is actually a seat available, oops, on the left side. All right, and from here I've got this gorgeous view. Also, the English bus companies keep their, keep their buses so clean. In, in, in <laughs> public transport in the Netherlands. If I ever want to film from a train or from a bus, the windows are always so smudgy and dirty and covered in, 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 in mud and everything. Whereas here it's almost as if they've cleaned these windows just an hour ago. And uh, I've got this panoramic view in front of me. It's like a super widescreen television. And on my left, there's also the window goes all the way to the to the roof of the bus. Oh, I love it. Okay, I'm so lucky today. This must be special Easter grace that um, there's no problem. I think this is the fastest itinerary to the hotel up until today, up until this moment. Uh, yesterday was not an experience I would like to repeat. <laughs> it was almost like the way of the cross. I like. Gosh, gotta walk for 45 minutes in the dark. I could just literally do the, the, the stations of the way of the cross on this journey. But um, so I think that if the, if, if the church wants to renew itself, learn from what works in these fan conventions and what people seek, when, what they search for when they come here, it's they want to get excited about something. There's definitely a, a value in, in these communal moments of, of delight and, and excitement and cheer. Uh, very much like uh, what people feel when they are you know, at World Youth Days or on, on St. Peter's Square with the, with the Pope. There's that, but there's also the encounter and the friendship and the mutual help, which is heartwarming. See, there are many disabled uh, people that are um, part of the, of, the, of the community and um, there's a lot of care given to people in a wheelchair or um, maybe visually impaired people. They get extra, they get, you know, special passes so they don't have to wait in line. There's a, uh, one of the members of the Dutch garrison who uh, she has had a pretty serious leg injury more than two years ago, I think. And she's, it has taken a lot of time for her to, uh, to recover from that and to learn how to walk again. And she still has um, trouble 
you know, staying on her feet for more than a couple of hours. And she said, I, I just mentioned this. They gave me this pass and I don't. And whenever I get tired, I just show my pass and I can get in and they will help me. And uh, they have special seats if necessary. And I like that. It's this, this attention to to detail in the care of people that makes a difference and it makes people first of all feel good and feel acknowledged and and accepted even if they have you know a disability or uh or something else but it also makes them want to come back because you feel like you're really welcome and I, i i'm not sure if that's always the case when people go to church especially when uh we focus too much on again what what sets us apart from others uh, the, the 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 gatekeeping that is also unfortunately uh, so prevalent in our politics in our society and various um, communities of fans where you know one star wars fan will tell the other you're not a real star wars fan because so and so unfortunately we do that in the church also and we we struggle with making people we struggle uh, combining both both uh, preaching the truth and helping people to understand their faith and also to <coughs> to change their actions based on their faith but we, we tend to use that as the criterion whereas the other side is um, you we are called to love anyone regardless of where they are in their walk of faith and so I think a lot of people nowadays have have abandoned the church and don't go to church because they feel like they're no longer welcome because they're too different Uh, and there are Christians that consider themselves to be um, you know (laughs) guardians of the truth to a certain extent that will sometimes in the way they talk the way they judge and the way they um, they feel they have to defend what they stand for, what they believe in online, that make other people feel not wanted. And if there's one thing that is damaging, is the feeling that you're not wanted, that you're not loved. And it's not based on, on what you do. It's based on, on just how you define yourself or you know how you behave and the choices you make whereas if you look at Jesus one of the I think the things that sets him apart from a lot of Pharisees and the scribes that he encounters is that Jesus um, is able to to gift people with the truth but always wrapped in love and compassion and understanding the, the, his encounter with public sinners for instance is always uh, uh, marked by his connection with these people. He goes and eats with them. He uh, he has a conversation with them. He doesn't shy away. He doesn't judge right away. He first wants to know them, and and then he looks for is there faith in your heart? And so, if there's faith, even if you're not exactly following the the established rules, your faith is what saves you. Good maze, King George Hospital. And I feel that that is our example, or should be our example. And if the church could be uh, could be welcoming to no no matter who it is, and and I would say not even being you know not welcoming people, but that's still you are kind of in charge. You know, someone is is enti- entering your church or your community. But what if we would just go out and meet people where they are, make a connection? And then maybe people, if, if they see that we are followers of Christ, they want to become followers of Christ as well. I think that is probably the most successful way to, to grow the church and to heal um, the fractures uh, in, in, in our community. Because, you know, God never chases away anyone. He's, he didn't come to, to condemn. Jesus came to save. And that is what we celebrate at Easter. It's, it's Christ who saves us instead of pushing us away. You know, <laughs> on Holy Friday, we're remi- we are reminded of what Jesus did on the cross. He pardoned and welcomed 
uh, a murderer, someone who was crucified with him, and who himself, the, 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 the criminal himself says, we are crucified for a good reason, we deserved this punishment. He didn't. And Jesus forgives him and it tells him actually, you will be with me in paradise, you will be with me in heaven. Basically Jesus declaring him a saint, because if you go to heaven means you're a saint. But that is someone who was, it, you could, everybody knew that this was someone who did something terrible. But Jesus does not condemn him, because that would make him like the other criminal who actually does ridicule Jesus. But instead Jesus makes a connection and, and it's mutual. And that is what the story tells us. This, this person is saved by Jesus. And this, this is what we should aspire to, I think, as Christians, to, to be like Jesus in every, even if we feel insecure, even if we feel threatened maybe by society and by other people. We shouldn't, because we are not here for ourselves. We are here to do what Jesus would have done and does. Where are we now? King Edward's Road. We are we're getting there. Uh, Tilbury Dartford Crossing. I think at one point it's going to go and enter Dagham, and that's where I get off. I maybe have to consult my phone here for a moment to see where I am. George Hospital. I'm just checking how <laughs> one of the downsides of this windshield is um, it obfuscates the the window, <laughs> the, the the little readout LCD screen. So I don't know how if I've been talking for 30 minutes or an hour. Let me check my phone if I can find it. I've got two phones on me. One doesn't cut it. So I've got my iPhone. I've got my old Android phone. So if one is giving out, I can always consult the other one. Um, but I can't find the other one. Is it in my? It's in my pocket. Okay, let me just double check here. Where we are? Ah, I recognize the type of houses, so I think we're getting closer. So I'm on this bus, 173. Oh no, we still have got some some way to go. I'm currently at the. Oh wait, I gotta press start here. Yeah, so, let's see, right, it's, I love this Google thing, it's, it shows you literally on a, uh, on a list, the, all the stops, and it, and in, in bold, it, it marks where you currently are, so this is Ripple Road, this is where we were kicked out yesterday, <laughs> oh my gosh, and I looked on the map, and, uh, the bridge, ahead of us was was blocked off and since it's open now i i think it was it must have been an accident a pretty severe accident because there were police cars on top of the bridge and it was completely blocked off in both directions so anyway to to wrap things up um you're probably listening to this uh on easter or after easter so i hope that you had a wonderful easter weekend um and what, what would be my message for you? Let me think of something that it joins both Star Wars and, and faith. I would say one of, one of the most important elements of the, the most recent successful Star Wars story, The Mandalorian, is um, this effort to bring all the, 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 the scattered tribes of, the, of Mandalore together again. Their planet has been destroyed by the Empire and... Now, you have all these different factions of Mandalorians and uh, Bo-Katan and Din Djarin, the two main Mandalorians in the story, are on a quest to bring people together in, in faith. Um, and in order to get that mission, the main Mandalorian, Din Djarin, has to be baptized or rebaptized to a certain extent. He's been expelled from the Order because he took off his helmet. And then he needs, in order to be uh, in communion with his fellow Mandalorians, they ask him to go to the, the living waters of Mandalore, which is basically a, like a baptismal font uh, or basin, in, in really on the kind of the bottom layers of the planet, 
And Bo-Katan, who is who has almost lost her faith and is very cynical towards uh, the, her, her previously carried ideals, she too enters the waters. And then the both of them are the, the leaders of this renewal, this rebirth of the Mandalorian uh, community. And it's only because of that baptism that kind of dying to their old, the old people they were, how do you say that, their old selves, uh, through the living waters, they become um, the new heralds of this of this communion. I wish that Easter does the same to you. That Easter gives you so much life that you cannot but share it with the people around you. That it opens your heart and makes you join the mission of Christ, who didn't come to condemn, to judge, but who came to save and to bring everyone together in communion with his father and with one another if that is what if that's your takeaway my takeaway from easter then i think this is going to be a blessed easter easter it's going to be an invigorating easter full of hope because rebuilding is always much more fun than standing aside when things are crumbling down but that is what good friday is all about it's basically death and it's the end of what looked to be the future only for it to start again in a new way on Easter morning. I would say use that as the leading story for your life as uh, someone who is trying to follow Jesus. Never stop at death and decay. Yes, the church in a certain way, in certain aspects, is dying and it's crumbling. But that's Good Friday. We always know that there will be an Easter morning also for the church because ultimately it's not our story. It's not our church. Christ is the storyteller. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end of the story. And that's true for our personal lives. It's also true for the life of the world and of the church. So, blessed Easter. May the force be with you. And we'll talk soon. God bless.